Toward Inclusive Excellence is excited to share our interview with Pulitzer Prize-winning historian, Dr. David Hackett Fisher, author of African Founders, How Enslaved People Expanded American Ideals. Released last year to rave reviews, African Founders places figures like Absalon Jones, Phyllis Wheatley, Sojourner Truth, and James Fortin at the forefront of importance in grounding American democratic principles. This incredible book is the culmination of years of international research in libraries and archives to reveal how much African influences in America's early years produced a new distinct American culture. Dr. Fisher believes that our nation's diversity is what will keep us free as demonstrated by the African founders of early America. Now to our conversation with Dr. David Hackett Fisher. David, thank you so very much for joining us today. What an honor and a privilege to have this conversation with you about your awesome work, um, African founders and how you know enslaved Africans really helped to embody American democracy and principles. It's just a delight. So thank you again for joining us. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. So could you please share with me, David, and our podcast listeners, you know, what inspired you to write this particular book at this moment in history? Most of my work uh, arose from a question about how we built a free and open society, a republic in the United States through yes. these, uh, the past of uh, 400 years, uh, something like that. And uh, I, uh, most of my work has been about that. I will mention one other book. Uh, other than, yes, other than please. This. It's a book called Albion's Seed, uh, which is uh, about different groups of people who came from uh, England uh, or Britain mostly uh, to the United States. And they brought with them very different uh, purposes, uh, uh, different religions, uh, different uh, w ways of getting on with each other. And they founded different regional cultures in America. Mm -hmm. And then after I did that book, then I went on to do uh, a book about uh, Canada um, called Champlain Stream, which is that's the same sort of a question about uh, how different groups came uh, to, to Canada in, in, in a similar process. And then after that, it was about the movement of Africans uh, to uh, the new world. And that was the beginning of African founders. And the mm. main theme in all of those books was uh, about uh, diversity. It was about uh, yes. many different groups who came to this, uh, to this new world and found ways of getting on with people who were not like themselves. Uh, and right. that's 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 what's going on here. And then um, I've always approached these books in the same way, the different as they are in substance. And the first rule for my kind of history is go there, go to wherever <laughs> they came from, which I love. And, yes. And, 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 and get on the ground and uh, 
and, and meet people and, and talk with them. And so my wife, Judy, she, Judy's a botanist and a biologist who mm. married a historian. And we both botanized and historicized together. And uh, we went, oh, we, we've been doing this for now going on 60 years. And, wow. Uh, uh, wow. We, At another time, you'll have to talk to us about that. That's, ama- that's amazing. And congratulations on a 60-year marriage. A, a, a scientist's rigor and also a great love for people that she works with. It, and uh, so that's, that's uh, she's, she's uh, fundamental to, to, to what's going on here. So what we did was to go there. And uh, after having gone to different parts of of, of Britain and, and Europe, we then went to different parts of Africa. Uh, we would try to go in periods, um, but I always, we were both teaching full time. And so wow. the best time to, to travel was uh, between our semesters in January and February. And so we went to, to uh, the, the various parts of Africa from whence Africans came to America, which was a long stretch of a very large coastline from Senegal in the in the north of the big bulge of West Africa uh, right. down to um, to Congo and Angola. Uh, and, uh, and uh, that's that's it was that very, very large area, larger than the United States in some ways. Right. Uh, yes, I was going to raise that. That is and an exceptionally large very location. Diverse. And mm-hmm. so we went to about nine different parts of Africa. Wow. Um, traveling uh, on our own with young people uh, traveling with us. We usually worked with a translator who could, uh, it would vary from whichever part of Africa we were visiting. And then we would have a driver. Um, the, the, the translator would often be a young woman and the driver would be a young man. Uh, often he was a, a soldier uh, off duty. And so, at the so the four of us then uh, traveled uh, uh, to these different parts of. And we got into almost every part, not every part. Uh, one place we didn't were able were not able to get to was Angola, which was while we were working uh, on all of this was uh, uh, in, right. in in a in, in a civil war. Right, uh, right. And it was uh, the state that we we followed the advice of the State Department and uh, were advised. Uh, and not to not to go there as long as the war was in progress, and so mm-hmm. I, 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 that's unfinished business. Uh, but we got to, we got to the other uh, to the to, to, to most of the other uh, the regions. We would try to get out to African uh, villages. Uh, we would travel through the countryside and try to meet and talk with people about uh, their culture, about uh, their their memories of others who went went to America and. And, and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and then after we did all of that, uh, we traveled in America and we went to the regions that they came to, uh, from New England down to uh, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we worked, with, again, meeting people in all of these regions, uh, talking with them, getting into the archives, uh, uh, exploring the 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 the, the culture uh, in, in 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 all of these places. Yeah, My thank you so much for that. Maryland. I was. Oh no, I'm sorry. Please continue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I will. I will subside. And, and no, ahead. no, no. You were no. You were going to share about your roots in Maryland, so I do want you to to yeah. share that information, and I'll jump in with my next question. So please go right ahead, David. 
well, then I was going to say that we we uh, we uh, began to 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 work our way uh, through these these uh, these different cultures, and uh, we found that there there were profound differences, uh, and uh, as there were also amongst the uh, European cultures. Uh, who had brought the, the other the other people with who interacted in in, in the new world? And then we we went from New England uh, down uh, to uh, to Louisiana. We we began to uh, work uh, through this in in detail. And I would I, I I should explain that I come from Maryland. I was born in 1935 in the midst of the Great. Uh, Depression and uh, was a was a very small child in World War II, when every male of military age put on a uniform, and the war itself was very much a part of my early uh, life. And then from there went on 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 to school at uh, college and and then to then to graduate school, and then married a Yankee and moved to New England. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and uh, we've been living in in New England uh, ever since and have raised a family of children and now grandchildren who are off doing all of their things in, in different ways. Excellent. Excellent. And it's it's the going there, David, that I want us to expand on a little more. And I'm really interested in hearing some of your additional perspectives around it, because, you know, of course, there's the physical going there. Right. But yes. then there's also, as you had uh, iterated a couple of times, you know, in our conversation, you know, it's this idea of going there kind of psychologically going there with the intentionality of scientific rigor to ensure that the layers of the story of enslaved and then ultimately free Africans and their contributions to democracy unveils in a particular way in, in, a, in your specific book. Yes. So would you talk about how, how do you balance that going there, right? How do you see your work and and support you know with your wife's help you know and and everything that you share what she's doing you know how do you balance kind of synthesizing and gathering all of that empirical information with what we know to just be you know an incredible topic but one of course you know has degrees of emotionalism and this is the this is to my knowledge the first type of book that really sets forth the African contributions to democracy at a time in our nation, in the United States, where there's a lot of lightning rods happening in relationship to the future of our democracy. How do you balance that going there? Well, let me let me um, uh, answer by examples of what we did in in, in the book. We, yes, uh, if we we get we the book goes geographically. We start in New England and in. in in New England, we meet, we are studying colonies founded by uh, English uh, Puritans for the most part, very different groups of English Puritans. And then they began to import African slaves, as did all of these other regions. Mm-hmm. And the Africans who were who came to uh, to New England uh, were mostly or are called Aiken speaking, A-K-A-N, Aiken speaking slaves who who came from uh, sort of the, the the coast of West Africa, the middle coast of, of West Africa, um, around what is now Ghana in particular. Um, yes. Um, stretching over to Nigeria in that broad area. And so we started with with that with that preparing. And uh, these Aiken slaves were uh, 
uh, very interesting people and uh, uh, very much conscious of their own culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we know that? Uh, uh, mostly through uh, uh, interviews, uh, uh, through working with, with in, in individual Africans in America, through their, 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 their uh, abundant records of slave narratives, uh, the autobiographies of, of many slaves that be, began to be collected in the 19th century. And uh, we, we, and then we, then we interviewed um, uh, their descendants as well and, and, and talked with them. And then we did the same thing uh, with uh, the uh, with the people who who were the the, the, um, uh, the from came from from Europe and uh, and, and, and we began to study that and we found that they all it was interesting we think of we, we these this were these were the Puritan colonies in New England and mm. we we remember the Puritans for their religion uh, yes. for the rigor of their faith. Uh, for the engagement in values that produced uh, these open societies in in, in New England, uh, with strong uh, town meeting governments and that sort of thing, and then we found that in amongst Aiken-speaking slaves uh, who came from the, the coast of West Africa, we found that they also came from very rich and highly developed cultures. Mm-hmm. And they brought those cultures as well up to uh, to uh, to to New England, and the interplay was the first of nine parts of this book, uh, and then we followed that um, as, uh, as we went to the, the next. I won't go down the full list, but the next list, the next. Uh, we went geographically from north to south, and after that, mm-hmm. we, from after New England, we we went to the Hudson Valley. Uh, which in, included uh, people not only from um, from um, what is now New York, uh, but also from um, uh, what was then called the East Jersey. People talked the Jerseys in early America. This mm. was the, the 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 eastern part of New Jersey in that area, and we we studied the, uh, the, the, the that that process in great detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, always trying to get back to original sources, uh, people from, from the beginning recording their own experiences in great abundance. It's amazing how how, how much survives um, yeah. uh, in in many different uh, uh, ways. Uh, and we, these were uh, an abundance of slave narratives, uh, which were collected in the in the. Uh, in, in the 18th and 19th centuries, and uh, survive in great abundance in the Nas- in, in, in the Library of Congress, most of all, mm-hmm. but in many American uh, archives. So we're we're actually we're reading the, the materials that were written by these people, um, uh, uh, telling us about their purposes, about what they did, how they felt about it, and then I, then I tried to reconstruct that in nine different regions of what is now the United States. And uh, it's a wonderful story. And it's the diversity of it that is the key to this. It's our differences right. that keep us free. Uh, when Amen. we learn to be tolerant yes. of, of others who are not like ourselves, uh, but learn by learning more about them and learning to live with them. And uh, and then there will be, we began to see an incredible interplay of cultures in which Africans and Europeans borrowed from each other, learned mm-hmm. from each other, and created something new, which was a, 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 a new a set of American cultures, uh, 
out of all of this and creating, uh, creating it in different ways in our different regions. I celebrate diversity. And I think diversity is the key to what this country is all about. And we should, I think, uh, uh, we, we, we should cherish that. And, um, and, 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 this, and my book celebrates that diversity. And it absolutely does. From, from the great range of, of human differences and human experiences. Yes, yes, it is. A, it is a powerful book. I found myself at times being moved in a teary way as I was reading some of the, the stories of heroicism, you know, that you have set forth in just this amazing work. And so it is with appreciation yeah. that you honor and celebrate diversity in this new context. And I, I want to talk a little bit about something that you touched on, um, David, in relation to the different regions. So as long as I've studied early Africans um, in the United States or in the early Republic, I hadn't come across any work like yours that really took this story to all of the United States, you know, so typically and, and largely because I think it was access to the records, you know, or the historian's attempt to really just try to scope the story in a particular geographic location. But your book covers literally early African presence and contribute, you know, contributions to democracy across this entire nation that we now refer to as the United States. So how challenging was it for you to unify, you know, the complexity of these different regional histories into a single, you know, historical work? Well, I, 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 what I, I did was to try to work, first of all, with these, in, these, in these different regions, working, let's take one example, which would be the Hudson Valley. Mm -hmm. There, mm -hmm. there we, that we have uh, colonies that were founded, first of all, by uh, Dutch um, um, merchants, um, entrepreneurs. Uh, and they uh, uh, had connections uh, uh, mainly through the, their trading links to the to Angola, the southern part of this long coastline, and so the linkage there was between uh, these uh, these Dutch capitalists and Angolans, and any of the Angolans were people who had were uh, uh, captured in Angola by slave traders, and many of them were that were were Angolan uh, Angolan entrepreneurs. They were they were in in commerce in, in Angola. Hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. they came to to uh, to New Netherlands, and there was an interplay between these two cultures that created the culture that we now think of as New York. Uh, it, hmm. it, it celebrated and even uh, uh, re reinforced diversity, as New Yorkers have 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 always done. And then it expanded it, uh, uh, north and, and and west, and a little bit to the east, uh, and built through the, the Hudson Valley extending mm -hmm. down as far as the middle part of New Jersey. Okay. Uh, a, a fairly, quite a, a broad er, area, and have, which had a very distinct uh, a character uh, to it. It was, it was very um, 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 uh, very much oriented uh, toward uh, uh, commerce. Uh, both uh, both the, the, the Dutch uh, were, were mainly engaged in commerce. Uh, and right. And the, 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 the Africans began to follow uh, that way, something very different happened uh, in the in the colony that, that that developed in the Delaware Valley, 
And right. that was mainly Pennsylvania and West, West Jersey. And that came a little bit later. Each of these were separate in time as well as in space. Uh, and the, the people who went to the, to the Delaware Valley uh, uh, were led by, by Quakers, uh, mostly English Quakers uh, and Welsh Quakers too, uh, had a very different religious uh, um, uh, set of religious purposes and values from the Puritans of New England and from the, the Dutch entrepreneurs of, of, the, of the Hudson Valley. Uh, and uh, they began to bring another group of, uh, of, of slaves who came uh, mostly from what they called Guinea at that time, which was the yes. northern stretch of the, of the slave coast in particular. And um, we, we had lots of quantitative projects to try to document uh, where precisely their numbers came from. And we did that in every region. And again, we found that in, in nine regions, every region was different one from another, which created a, a compounded sort of diversity of different European cultures, meeting different African cultures, creating different American regional cultures. And that um, diversity, which was uh, uh, diverse in three different ways, uh, 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 it, it, it was the base of, of this uh, extraordinarily rich culture, which is now the United States. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the key is to uh, perceive the importance of diversity in our country and, uh, and uh, how important it is to, 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 to keep it going, uh, to, to keep open. Uh, the, the, it, it means we have to get used to living and working with people who are not like ourselves. That is right. Uh, Absolutely. And, uh, that's the key. That's what's so critical to, and that's what my book is mainly pointed to. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, as you share throughout our conversation today, you know, you talk a lot about, you know, highlighting diversity and it's a, how it is essential and fundamental to our democracy. You know, you talk about the later free Black communities, the resistance to slavery, and often, you know, what I would describe as non-democratic principles, you know, just a real pushback against what we believe America to be and subsequently how these different communities really shaped America in a very positive way. Yeah. And so, and that really is the essence of the thesis of American founders, which is just fabulous, I think. And so what are some of the key takeaways readers should gather from your work, from your book? Well, I think uh, the first is uh, to see the complexity of our differences in America and how uh, the strength of America and its creativity, I think, comes from the interplay of all of that. Yes. Uh, and I, I think uh, it, uh, it's, it's sometimes it's not easy uh, uh, to, um, to get on with people who are different from ourselves. And yet, as we, as we do more of that, America grows stronger. Uh, and uh, that, that's, that's what's mainly uh, going on uh, in, in, this, uh, in, this, in this book. And uh, I hugely enjoyed every one of these regions as I, as, I, as I got into them. The region that was closest to my heart, I think, uh, was the Chesapeake region, because that's where I was born and bred, where my roots yeah. happened to, yeah. to be. And um, Virginia there and Maryland, my, my roots are in Maryland, but Virginia was the largest of all the colonies in early America. 
and it created the Virginia dynasty, who, who were most uh, uh, all uh, uh, four of the first five presidents were all from 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 Virginia, and the slaves who went there um, also produced a good number of the leaders of African uh, African organizations as well, and uh, there was a there was a, a, a remarkable sense of uh, the development of the skills of leadership in open systems where you have to lead with by working with people who are very different from yourself and right that's and right that's what these that that's, that's what these people uh, love to do and i i grew up in this region and i learned from my family uh, that which included not only my my uh, my parents and grandparents but also an African-American woman named Flora Jackson, who worked mm. for my mother uh, and worked for my grandmother and then uh, worked for uh, my wife, uh, Judy, and then uh, looked after our daughters. Uh, and uh, uh, she was an extraordinary person. She was uh, very tall. She must have been over six feet tall. Wow. And she was uh, 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 wow. She, uh, helped. Uh, both my mother and my grandmother and many others in their fam family in terms of running the, their own households. And uh, she was uh, she was uh, not, not, not she was re really a manager of what happened in, in, in these houses mm -hmm. and uh, brought mm -hmm. in members of her own family. To work with different uh, families within my family, with my, with the, my my mother was one of five children and they all married and had had children of their own, and and, and, and this, these stories played out differently in in, in different households. But and Flora worked for for all of us uh, with other African Americans who she often often recruited, and uh, she was very important. Uh, she was uh, I remember her dignity. She was uh, very mm. strong and. Uh, uh, and, and, and with with, with her, and her integrity, um, and she was very power, very important in African American churches in in in, in Maryland, and uh, mm, so it was mm -hmm. that sort of personal connection uh, that was was very much a, a, a part of of all of this. And then after that, another culture that I really enjoyed getting into was what developed uh, on the, the the coast of Carolina. We worked with friends of ours in South Carolina, a wonderful um, colleague named Charles Joyner, mm -hmm. Coastal Carolina College, uh, who uh, was a very dear friend and we cherished uh, him. He's, uh, and he helped us in, in, in many ways. And uh, uh, that, that culture was deeply interested in, in, in interesting in the way that it, this also recruited from another group of Angolan slaves, different from the ones that went to 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 uh, New York, uh, and they brought with them a culture that began to be called Gullah culture, which is a which is derived yes. from Angola. Uh, yes, and uh, Gullah culture is alive and well today uh, in 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 in, uh, in the, from from the southern part of North Carolina uh, down the full width of, of, of South Carolina and into Georgia. And that's an extraordinarily rich culture that has produced all sorts of uh, uh, things that have flourished in, in, in America. And then in mm -hmm. some ways, the most creative 
was the culture that developed in Louisiana in the lower Mississippi Valley. Yes, yes. Developed uh, uh, and, and most of all in New Orleans and around New Orleans. And uh, well, that was a very, very rich culture, which had, uh, it was very mixed, much more mixed than any of the other cultures, because it was it, it was settled by the French and then by the Spanish and then by the English and all of them. And then on top of that, uh, there were many different groups of, of, of slaves who went, went to, Af to to Louisiana that came. They were Bamana slaves from um uh, uh, or Bambara slaves, as they're sometimes called, from from Upper yes. West Africa, and others who came from Benin, and still others who came from Congo, uh, and so there was a huge mixture in New Orleans, and it they it, it was the diversity of that that created uh, that wonderful culture uh, that has produced so many things. It's it produced uh, uh, so much of American music, jazz grew developed in this in this region absolutely and from the interaction of the of the musical traditions of africans and of europeans in the new world in america uh and the and new orleans was was its center and we love to go to new orleans and to then to get out and to go up and down the the the, uh, the mississippi there and, um, and seeing there there are many different there's a great diversity within that culture and uh, oh absolutely and, and and to get to to know that and the richness of that diversity was a source of its inventiveness and its creativity in in the music that became so important to to american society in the cuisine that became critical to american uh to to uh, american life and in yes. much more and then after that uh, from from all of those uh We've been through six cultures. There are six regional cultures. They're just in these few minutes. Then we went um, uh, to the west and to the south, uh, to the southern border, uh, to maritime uh, slaves along the Atlantic coast, uh, to the the culture of the the herders who were um, sent on to the western frontier, uh, mm -hmm. uh, 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 raising animals. And uh, they were uh, they were Fulani her herders who came from yet another part of Africa, mm. and they intermixed mixed with Carolina cattlemen, uh, and then got connected with Texas mustangers, and the result was a diversity compounded on itself that created the Western frontier culture. Right, that's a very important right. part of America. And Absolutely, then something interesting happened. On the on the maritime coast of of of, of the of the of the Atlantic Ocean, uh, and these were the these were West African boatmen, who got uh, and they got mixed up with uh, European seamen and uh, uh, and created American maritime traditions, and that's a yet that's yet another part of the book, and the last unit was on the far southern frontier. Uh, particularly in uh, in Florida, uh, where we got Angolan soldiers uh, meeting Afro Spanish militia, uh, and they produced the uh, Seminole uh, cultures the, 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 that 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 were so strong on the southern southern frontier. So uh, there there were nine cultures, and there were many there were there were lots of others and smaller ones in addition to that that we know in passing as we as we go. And diversity is the key here. 
uh, and uh, as the diversity compounded on itself, America became more creative. It's, the, it's what make, makes this country as creative as it is, is this yes. incredible diversity. And that's, yes. that's what my, my work celebrates, both Africans and Europeans coming together to make Americans uh, in this very mixed process. Yes. Thank you. And my last question for you, David, is that you have Absalom Jones on the cover. And the, you know, someone who I feel doesn't get enough recognition, historically speaking, in the context of his and actually Richard Allen's contributions to saving a good part of the region right in the middle of a major pandemic. And, you know, you assert this idea of the African founders are founders of this nation, right? Which to some people could feel a little controversial. So in our last moments together, could you talk about why it was important to basically place up figures like Absalom Jones next to those that we would often consider to be the traditional names that come up as founding people, fathers, mothers of this nation. Yes. Well, the first is that there are, what's, what's, what, what just totally amazed me was how many of these stories there were about, yes. about the individual Africans, such as Absalom, you know, Absalom Jones. And uh, how, how again the, the, the extraordinary variety of, of them, and how creative they they, they were in, in 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 many in many ways, and, and and so it's an attempt to describe that in great detail. Often going back to African American sources, looking for the autobiographies, so the, the narratives that were co collected in great abundance. Of, um, much of it happened uh, in the early 20th century. Uh, it was a major New Deal project to interview. There were still in the 20, early 20th century, a fair number of people who had been slaves in their youth, often yes. had come from Africa, and they were interviewed in great detail. And there are thousands, uh, something that we haven't, I, I worked with more than 4,000 of these of the of, of these individual uh, slaves and i wow. and, and there were many more uh, than, than, than that and uh, we we can we, uh, we can read them in their own writings and we can even uh, during the new deal uh, they began to be interviewed and recorded and so we can listen to them uh, we can hear their speeches they're all much, all of this is in the library of congress and it's yes. very accessible and I spent a lot of my time listening to to these slaves in America who had become free, uh, telling their own stories and then trying to learn from what and, and trying to listen very carefully uh, to what they wanted us to know and then to try to to uh, to, to to pass that on to to others. I see myself as helping to extend the reach of their voice. Yes, uh, to to others uh, in 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 in, uh, in America today, because I think that the exchanges, the continuing uh, process of people listening to our forebears, and we can That's do that right. directly. That's right. We That's can right. sit down and hear them speak, uh, and then and learn from them directly from them. 
That's what that's what I tried to do. And then I try to pass that on to people in, in, in the book. Uh, and so that, so that, that we, we are getting to know them as directly as, as, as we can, so. Great. David, thank you so much for such a wonderful conversation. And thank you for, for this amazing book. I have not uh, put it down since I got it. I've been reading it and rereading it because it feels like every time I spend more time with it, there's a new illumination that I kind of want to explore for myself. Um, but we appreciate your time. Thank you so very much for this interview. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to talk. Absolutely. And to listen. <laughs> indeed, indeed. I feel like that, like to listen to you is incredible. And I would be remiss. And so our, our friend, Scott Casper would be like, she didn't say it. So I, I do want to um, also say that it is a treat to be a member of the American Antiquarian Society along with you um, and to just celebrate this with you as a colleague and a peer as well. So thank you. Yeah, I would just say one other thing. It's that talking is important and useful, but listening is even better. Amen. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Thank you again, David, for your time. Thank you for joining Toward Inclusive Excellence for our conversation with Pulitzer Prize-winning historian David Hackett Fisher. We encourage you to sign up for reminders of new content releases and to join us on Choice Reviews, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn accounts. Thank you so much for your time and support. Be well.